This episode of Sports with Friends is brought to you by Fume, the number one natural way to quit smoking. If you know anything about me, you know how anti-smoking I am. My parents smoked for so many years, and I hate to say it, they are still smoking. And I'm getting this for them. There's a new product called Fume, F-U-M. It's the number one natural way to quit smoking. It takes the benefits of super plants, behavioral science, and beautiful design to make quitting smoking a little easier. It's a wooden handcrafted inhaler, a hand-to-mouth replacement, plant-packed cores studied to curb cravings and taste and smell great. It's no smoke, no vape, no nicotine, and no harmful chemicals. Here on Sports with Friends, we have a discount for you. Just go to this website and type in our code. Our code is SWF, Sports with Friends. Go to the website, www.breathefume.com. Fume is F-U-M. Breathefume.com slash SWF. So if you use that code, you save 10% on your order today. I received it, and all I thought about were my parents. If you are a smoker, you need this. If you know a smoker, you can help them out. This is a great gift idea. There's over a dozen unique flavors, so you fill out an online quiz and find out what cores are best for you. Takes 30 seconds. Go to breathefume.com. Shop breathefume, F-U-M, and save 10% with the code SWF for Sports with Friends. Fume, the number one natural way to do what I've been begging my parents to do. Quit smoking. And now stay tuned for Sports with Friends. Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of Sports with Friends. This is episode 316, and this is an important week for everyone in the United States and the world. We are coming up on the 20th anniversary of 9-11. 20 years ago, it seems like it was yesterday. And there are personal stories that everyone can tell. And we're going to be speaking about the role baseball played in the recovery because I was working for Major League Baseball at the time and I will never forget those precious days right after and then the rest of that season that meant so much to so many people. Amidst all of that, it is still week one in the NFL. It's week two in college football and we will preview it all right here on Sports with Friends with BovadaSportsBook.com's Patrick Morrow. My 9-11 story is a, a very lucky one, and I make no secret about how lucky I am. Uh, my father was across the street. Uh, he was working in lower Manhattan, but he wasn't in the World Trade Center. He was right across the street from it. Um, when the first plane hit... I was on the radio in Des Moines, Iowa, talking baseball, and my call waiting kept going off, and I remember hanging up after the radio segment, and it was my father, and he said, I just want you to know I'm all right. I went, all right, what are you, what are you talking about? And he kind of snapped at me, and he said, will you put on the news? I have to go. And I put on the news, and I saw the first plane burning. 
My sister, who was living in Greenwich Village at the time, was walking toward it. And she saw the second plane hit live. The two of them fled to her apartment in Greenwich Village and stayed there. And the bridges and tunnels of New York City were all closed immediately. I was living in Brooklyn, New York, and I saw it on television. I was working for Major League Baseball at the time, and I had no choice but to stay where I was. There wasn't any place to go. I remember I couldn't sit still when the first building fell. And I knew that there was a television in the laundromat that was around the corner. And I had a bunch of laundry to do. And I, I had no choice. I, I had to move. And I went to the laundromat and I saw the second building fall there. I came back to the apartment and Major League Baseball had sent out a bunch of emails from Bud Selig directly. The sport was shutting down. And back then we had a phone chain. And I had to call... Someone who's been on this podcast before, a dear friend, Billy Sample, who was my partner in 2001. So that phone call changed his life and it changed mine. And, you know, our friends, all of them, you know, were affected. Our producer that year lost two neighbors. Uh, One young man from my high school that I graduated with, uh, he passed away. And I knew his his wife, uh, his widow, uh, very well. Um, a lot of people and being part of baseball that year was very, very therapeutic for everyone. When baseball came back, I remember we were at a Braves Phillies game at the old vet. I then remember the Mike Piazza home run game, the, uh, the game, the first game back at Shea stadium. And then of course I remember the Yankees run. Don't forget in 2001, the Seattle Mariners had this record breaking season. And I had just come from Seattle, so that team was very important to me as well. We should note it's also week one in the National Football League this week. It is also week two in college football, and we will be talking to the head odds maker at BovadaSportsBook.com, Patrick Morrow, uh, a little bit later on in the podcast about everything going on in the world of football. A few years after 9-11, there was an amazing film Uh, called Nine Innings from Ground Zero, and it premiered on HBO. And it was uh, completely, completely all-encompassing of the attack to the end of the World Series. Well, 20 years later, there's a new documentary on HBO Max entitled Extra Innings from 9-11, 20 Years Later. 33 years of developing and producing documentaries, uh, reality programming, talk shows, magazine shows. Um, He helped brand HBO Sports. He's currently producing the new Bob Costas show on HBO, uh, Back on the Record. Uh, It's a continuation of his On the Record show that Ross Greenberg was involved in. But he is the executive producer of this new 9-11 film, And it's truly, truly remarkable. Here's a preview. The voices you're going to hear are familiar ones. Joe Torre, manager of the Yankees, and Bobby Valentine, the manager then of the Mets. New York is a testament to survival. 
matter how hard the city gets hit, it always finds a way to get back up on its feet. I remember back in 2000, feeling proud of the city. Proud to be managing the Yankees. New York was the talk of baseball back then. Every time you turned your head, it was Yankees-Mets Subway Series. It was a crazy and wonderful time. The back came out to Clements and he picks it up and throws it back. We lost in five games, but every game was decided by two runs or less. In 2001, we got hot at the end of August and felt pretty hopeful about getting back to the postseason again. Looking back, I guess my biggest worry was making sure my players were ready for the playoffs. And my biggest worry was getting past those darn Braves. And with a little luck, who knows? Maybe give the New York fans a second straight Subway Series. September is a great time of year. The weather cools down, the pennant races heat up, and everyone's talking baseball. And there was no reason to think that 2001 would be any different. We have had this gentleman on before. Uh, he was on episode 88, and he had put together uh, the Epics NHL Road to the, the Winter Classic series. And he's a fascinating guy, has produced countless documentaries, uh, multiple Emmy Awards. And he and a, and a group, not just him saying, you know, by himself, he and a group decided to make a film that's a follow-up to a film they had made a couple of years ago, which was Nine Innings to Ground Zero. And now the new film and the follow-up to this film is Extra Innings from 9-11. And I thought to myself before I saw it, I thought they've done this story before. How can they do it again? And if you think about how the story of baseball and 9-11 has evolved, over 20 years, it's it's uncanny. Uh, the film debuts on September 11th. So if you are listening to this podcast the week it's released, uh, it's on HBO and HBO Max. If you're listening to this in the future and you've already had the 20th anniversary, well, do me a favor. Tell me how the flying car is. Let's welcome in executive producer, uh, director, Ross Greenberg. Ross, welcome to Sports with Friends. Welcome back. I have to say that it has been over 200 episodes since your last appearance. We have to do these more frequently. I'm ready. I'll just keep churning these out and you'll have to have me on to publicize them. That's right. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I saw the film and I, I want to say this from the bottom of my heart. It's a fantastic film, but it's it, it brings back so many emotions and brings back so many memories. How was it putting it together? What was that experience like? It's kind of cathartic. It's, it's difficult. Uh, I enlisted Joe Levine, who did the first film with me back at HBO, which, by the way, was almost 15 years ago, uh, wow. if you can believe it. Uh, 
And, and so Sandy Montag called me and said, look, I want you to direct this. Uh, and he had sold it to Turner who are now putting it on HBO Max, uh, Jeff Zucker, you know, Craig Barry and company uh, decided that that's where it belonged, which we love because, you know, you can access it whenever you want. However, the on-demand nature of, of television now. Correct. Correct. Um, so we're excited about that. Uh, I left out Lenny Daniels, by the way, who was instrumental in get, getting this on. Well, Lenny texted me as we're recording this. <laughs> so, so we're excited. Um, you know, we think that it was difficult. I'm not going to kid you. Uh, all of us shed a lot of tears. Uh, we had been through this once before, mm -hmm. um, but very difficult moment. All of us had personal stories, as you said. Um, mine was deeply personal. I lost my mother on September 9th. Mm. Uh, and a month and a half later, found myself going to game three, even though my wife, Michelle, did not want me to go because she felt like the bomb was going to drop on Yankee mm -hmm. Stadium. Uh, but when I went, I realized I was living a documentary. So we did the first one and, and Joe and I set out to retell the story in a unique way. We brought in a lot more Mets. We told it from a Mets vantage point as well. Joe Torrey and Bobby Valentine were instrumental and very much a part of this show. So it was important to have both of their perspectives coming through. Uh, we went back to some people that we had done pretty in-depth features with in the first film, one of which was Brielle Saracini, and brought a lot of these stories up to date 15 years later. And it was absolutely mesmerizing to see how the wheel turned and how their lives shaped themselves uh, since 9-11. Um, many victims and victims' families in the, in the film, uh, just to kind of give us a feeling of hope. That was the one thing that Joe and I were very adamant about. We, we wanted to send the message loud and clear that if you've been through a horrific event and you've you know, had to overcome very startling, uh, tough times, that you can get through it and you can live your life. That doesn't mean that you'll ever forget those days of 9-11. Uh, and everything that happened after. But it does mean that we are human beings and we can live our lives. And in these difficult times, I think that's a message that's very important for people, Seth. And that, that's why this resonates so much for me uh, as a story that needed to be told. More with Ross Greenberg from HBO Sports in just a moment. But first, this is week one in the National Football League. It's also week two in college football. Let's welcome in the head odds maker at BovadaSportsBook.com, Patrick Morrow. Patrick, let's start with the college football. The noon kickoff, 9 a.m. for the folks in Oregon uh, who are watching this one on television. The number 11th ranked Ducks taking on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Yeah, Seth, really great game right out of the gate this Saturday. The Ohio State Buckeyes, 14.5-point favorites at Bavada right now. Uh, they did, uh, depending on what number you got last week against Minnesota, because they won by exactly 14, and that was between 13 and 14.5. And so 
always pays to line shop uh, when betting these games. And if you like a side, betting it earlier is probably safer than betting it later. Uh, looking back at this game now, Ohio State, like I said, 14 and a half point favorites, about 60% of all betting action on them. Golden Gophers might have, uh, you know, exposed a little bit of cracks in that Ohio State team. But, uh, you know, Oregon, number 11 ranked. I, I love the Oregon Ducks because of how differently they do things. I miss uh, the Chip Kelly Oregon Ducks, but, you know, they still have a lot of that same kind of offensive ingenuity. And I, I, I don't even know what kind of jerseys they're going to wear on Saturday. That's always fun with a team like them, Seth. Yeah, there always will. Uh, all right, uh, let's take a look at an in-state rivalry. Uh, for those of you who thought the Field of Dreams game was great, this is what they're coming to, to watch in Ames, Iowa. Uh, Iowa State hosting Iowa. It's a close line, an evenly matched game. Let's tell me. Tell me about it. The Battle of Iowa. Iowa at Iowa State. Uh, Iowa State currently four-point favorites of Pavada right now, but uh, Iowa getting uh, the most amount of money on this game, about 70% of all bets uh, on the upset special. And uh, without even looking, well, I'm going to take a look now, but in my mind, I was thinking this is going to be one of the lower totals of the week. The total is 46 at Pavada right now, which is our lowest posted total of the week. We're seeing 50-50 action so far in the Battle of Iowa. Uh, you know what? Uh, two good teams, two really well-ranked teams. Uh, Iowa State, number seven. And you know what? We talked about this last week. They may be the only team in the Big 12 that's able to play spoiler of Oklahoma. And I can buy into that a little bit more after how much trouble Oklahoma had with Tulane last week, only winning by five in a game that they had to sweat out very, very late. So, you know, Ohio State, or Iowa State, pardon me, this could be their year. And I know the Big 12 would love to see a non-Oklahoma or Texas team take that crown with the latter two on their way out. And one more college game before we get to the NFL, uh, the Washington Huskies taking on the Michigan Wolverines. The actual odds for this game, uh, Michigan currently six and a half point favorites at Bovada over the number 20 ranked uh, Washington Huskies in this game. Uh, you know what? This is going to be uh, two teams that are probably looking to uh, just improve their conference standing this year. And that's about it. Uh, we don't really have too high hopes based on our internal power rankings at Bovada. But uh, for the specific game itself, like I said, Michigan six and a half point favorites, about 80% of all bets on them so far. Not a lot of love for Rick Neuheisel with the Bavada brass just yet. Over under sitting at 49 and about 55% of money on the under in this one. 8 p.m. ABC live betting all throughout and uh, be sure to look out for player props in this one. All nationally televised college football games of Bavada this year, Seth, will have player props attached to them. Got to be honest, uh, still something we are figuring it out. So probably a good shot for players to uh, take a peek at those because, uh, you know, game lines are one thing. Player prop and trying to project uh, student athlete player performance, still something that we're struggling to uh, do with a high amount of efficacy. So uh, I'd say take a look at those uh, for that one. Again, 8 o'clock uh, Saturday night. Okay, the season is underway in the pros where they play for pay. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers will raise their banner uh, for their championship. They host the first games Thursday night, national television audience. Uh, all right, first of many NFL games this year. Dallas Cowboys, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the Bucs are a heavy favorite, right? The Bucs are currently up to eight-point favorites at Pavada, Seth. They opened this uh, at minus seven as soon as the schedule came out. Actually dipped for a moment below six, and Sharp Money now has pushed it over eight. It is the most bet-on game of week one so far, which is not... Uh, 
you know, too out of the ordinary for the season opener. We currently have 350 different prop bets up on the website just for this game, which of course will have live betting. Uh, but yeah, the Tampa Bay Bucks currently eight point favorites and about 80% of all bets on Tampa Bay in that one. So we will need uh, Dak Prescott to, well, first of all, pass the COVID protocol uh, leading into Thursday's game. Uh, hopefully no HIPAAs uh, coming our way. But yeah, we'll be cheering uh, pretty big for the Dallas Cowboys uh, right there on Thursday. Over under for that one, Seth, sitting at 52. Money split, pretty 50-50 on that. All right, Sunday, a full slate of games, and we'll start it off in Indianapolis, where the Colts and Carson Wentz taking on Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, interesting little uh, 1 p.m. game there. Uh, you know, the Seahawks, uh, you know, they put up really strong offensive numbers last year, but struggled defensively. Uh, you know, Russell Wilson still, in my opinion, the most dynamic player. Well, oh, nope, I got to give myself a 1A and 1B because uh, Patrick Mahomes, I'd give it to him. And then Russell Wilson probably right there in terms of mobile, terrifying QBs to uh, watch out for because they can get you with their arm, they can get you with their legs. And both of them are so annoyingly good at the fake slide. And I'd like to see a little bit less of this going forward, especially because it's so difficult to hit the QB now and not get a penalty. And nobody is better than Mahomes and Russell Wilson when it comes to, all right, I'm going down. Ah, you know what? I'm going to actually get an extra 10, 15 yards. Horrible for defenders to try and uh, deal with that. But you know what? If you're betting on the Seahawks, you love it. In this specific game, the Seahawks, two and a half point road favorites over uh, the Indianapolis Colts and Carson Wentz. Another QB that, uh, you know, weirdly players need to focus on you know, the COVID situation, the fact that he hasn't been vaccinated and the fact that you have to factor that in, that he might miss games this year, regardless of whether he, uh, you know, actually gets COVID or not because of the NFL protocols. So uh, you do need to be mindful of that. We actually have this game restricted for betting limits right now compared to the other games. So the limits are a little bit lower because these are games that we will have to, you know, watch out for and be mindful of because if you lose a QB set, then, you know, and some QBs hurt more than others, but generally speaking, it can be worth as much as four to seven points on the point spread. So that's flipping, you know, and with NFL games where most games are a spread of less than seven, you're talking about flipping outright favorites when these guys fail the COVID protocol. So something we'll have to watch for, not just this Sunday, but all season with QBs like Carson Wentz. Uh, over under for this game, sitting at 50 and about 65% of all money on the over in this one. One interesting uh, matchup, the battle of the two former Alabama quarterbacks, Tua Tungavailoa with the Miami Dolphins, traveling to Foxborough to take on Mac Jones and the New England Patriots. What a great game. What, a, what an intriguing matchup. I don't even like the Patriots. <laughs> well, you know what? I I always get grief for this because I'm not a Patriots fan, but I'm kind of a Bill Belichick fan just because uh, as a sports better myself, I... I I, uh, I, I, you're not wrong. You're not wrong, but I, I do appreciate outside of the cheating. He is someone that is still, uh, you know, as creative as it gets, someone that can constantly reinvent uh, how New England and the Patriots uh, look to find that success. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It's uh, two former Alabama quarterbacks. Uh, Mac Jones uh, was awarded the starting role uh, just last week, uh, which was a surprise. We had uh, Cam Newton as the minus 400 favorite just uh, over a week ago to be the QB. Uh, in week one for the Patriots, but Mac Jones came in. That also saw his uh, rookie of the year odds, offensive rookie of the year odds, drop from 10 to one at Bavada all the way down to four to one as he'll now be getting uh, obviously the lion's share of the reps this year. 
Uh, there's no plan to filter in uh, Cam Newton. Cam Newton is out. It's Mac Jones's team. Looking at the specific game, uh, the Patriots are currently three-point favorites at Bavada, taking 65% of all bets. Over-under is uh, a low one, 43.5. Again, both teams struggled to put up a lot of points last year. Patriots defense, very strong. Likely what will carry them over the top in this one. But uh, yeah, a really interesting game in what is, again, a pretty wide-open AFC East this year, Seth. That is Patrick Morrow, the head odds maker at Bavada. You can go to BavadaSportsbook.com for odds to all the college and pro football games, as well as a slew of other things. Now back to our conversation on the anniversary of 9-11 and Ross Greenberg from HBO Sports. My favorite part of it, to be perfectly honest with you, is the beginning. The parts where uh, Al Leiter and um, Michael Kay and mm-hmm. Bobby Valentine, are, Joe mm-hmm. Torrey also, are telling what they did when they found out. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That is a time that I'll never, I, and, I, and I joke, and I, I really wish I had the audio. I was on in Des Moines, Iowa. I was in, living in Brooklyn, New York, to hear... Al Leiter's story, because Al Leiter grew up near where I grew up, and to hear Al Leiter's story is so jarring, because I'm like, he was doing that while I was doing this, and I can imagine that, and I can imagine for thousands of people, millions of people who know where they were when they found out about 9-11 are going to resonate with the beginning. Not everybody can resonate with the end, because the end is about the people who lost loved ones. Mm-hmm. everybody has a beginning. Everybody has a where you were during 9-11. Yeah. And then, you know, and then the spectrum is how did it affect you? You know, and that's a wide spectrum. I uh, Granted, I mean, those of us that live in New York and were in New York at the time got a totally different feel. I happened to be in Houston going to my mother's funeral. Right, because she had died two days morning, prior. Wow. That morning. So I had to take a Greyhound bus home. Uh, because there were no flights we had she was on the first flight her body and she was buried that following Sunday um, in Westchester so you know but I was I was a away from my family I had two young children and a wife in Larchmont New York and so I had to make my way back to them and once I got to New York you you really understood the the significance the power and the and the difficulty that was sitting in front of New Yorkers, you know, at the time. Um, The fear factor was really difficult to deal with, if you remember. And we wanted to, uh, you know, not bring that back to life as a horror story. We wanted to bring that back to life so people understood. And kids that are 20 years old today, Seth, that had not lived through it, we want everyone to understand what that traumatic post 9-11 9-11 period was like so that when you got into the stories which we told throughout you could understand how these people overcame that trauma um, and and had to deal with it and baseball the, the most important thing was to show how baseball kind of brought us all back to a sense of normalcy the reason I went to game three in Yankee Stadium was I wanted I felt very strongly about getting back to some sense of normalcy mm-hmm. without a pandemic when you can go to a stadium with 56,000 other people, you can do that easier. Um, and, and I think that 
you know, the guttural roars from Yankee Stadium and the guttural roar when Ronan Tynan. Yeah, Ronan the, guy, Tynan. the Irish tenor. Yeah, but also we wanted to go into depth with the Piazza home run and show, you know, that in Shea Stadium just that was seven uh, days Yom Kippur. After, that was Yom Kippur. That was, and I and I went to that game because I felt I needed to be there. Went. And I remember getting chastised by my family about going on Yom Kippur. Yeah. And also, you probably felt the same way I did that. No, I have to go. I have, have to, go. to get back to a sense of normalcy. But the other thing, Seth, you were there. You know, we wanted to showcase that people thought the whole game was as as rowdy as Yankee Stadium was during the World Series. But it wasn't really wasn't so close to it that the first seven innings were really difficult for fans that were there. And it wasn't we showed the stadium not even being full, if you remember, Mm -hmm. because of the fear factor. So um, and then bang, like, you know, as as uh, Bobby V said, you know, it was like we can cheer again. And, you know, and uh, Piazza described the court coming off the champagne Mm -hmm. bomb when he hit home. Oh my God, he was great. Doesn't he look great too? Yeah, he looks like he could play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, 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 all the all the guests that you had, Bernie Williams was great. Yeah, he was um, great. But Bernie Williams, and it's funny because I, you know, I, I'm one of those nerds who reads the credits. Uh, you work with MLB a little bit, and you work with Mike Mark Kayafa, who's a great mm-hmm. friend, and mm-hmm. Steve Fortunato, who in yeah. 2001, and I'm sure yeah. because he can talk, he should come on this podcast. Um, the uh, Steve Fortunato was in California on 9 11 with my girlfriend at the time. Mm. They were working, she was a, an exec in, in, in baseball, and they were doing a shoot for MLB Productions. And because of what you said, the fear factor, they drove out of the airport and drove to the beach. Figuring that was the least populated place they could go. Wow. And I remember hearing, you know, and Fortune and I were, 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 were good friends, but I was dating the other girl. You know what I mean? Like, That's funny. And it was, it was something. I, I'm telling you, um, the film brought it all back. And that's, yeah. I, this, I'm not a shill. I'm, you know, you've already agreed to come on the podcast. I like, I'm telling you, folks, like, watch this film it will it will it will be captivating um the amazing parts yes you told a lot of the met story and then the you did a whole section on the jeter flip play hmm. because people don't realize that happened the same year yeah <laughs> i know during the run um during the run you know the baseball we felt very strongly about not just to show the piazza home run itself but set it up we felt the same way about all those other, you know, dramatic home runs in games three, four, and five that the Yankees did, uh, particularly four and five, obviously. The Clemens shilling pitch off in game three was, and the Bush, you know, entrance was really the crux of that game down to nothing. But the that, baseball, that the we took really tender. Well, and that story has been told, but you guys portrayed it very well that's a yeah, great we were story. the first people to get ray sturm who was the umpire that was dressed yes uh, that was amazing and he was a secret service agent um and he that was the first interview he's done on the subject that's amazing so that was a kick uh but you know it, all of those stories are meant to kind of send the chill up your spine 
And if you don't, you know, you don't have to be a Yankee fan to get a tear in your eye when all those moments were happening. The fact that they all happened in nine, on 9-11's aftermath, you know, and the emotion in the crowd and the, the different sound that Yankee Stadium made, which Michael Kay kind of pointed out so well, all of that fit together. You know, if, if all of those events have ha- had happened and it wasn't the aftermath of 9-11, we'd still be talking about all right. those home runs. and all It'd be those a very events. different documentary, but you'd probably make it because it was such a unique year. Correct. But now, you know, then when you add on top of it, that it all happened then and was so significant for the city, that's that was a difference. The um, I have a technical question, but I do have to have a caveat because we have a, a, a listening audience, a large listening audience from Seattle. Mm. It wasn't the story to tell about your 116 wins. I love that team, too. Uh, <laughs> it's not it's not about that. It's not they didn't slight the Mariners in the film. No, it's just not about that. No. And and, uh, you know, tough. See, we did point out it was a tough series yeah, yeah. You know, for the Yanks. Um, but that that was a difficult loss for the Mariners, I'll tell you that. But it felt like it was almost destiny, you know. Uh, and there Funny was story about that, that series. Funny story about that series. That was the first time I had gone traveling to a series, you know, since 9-11. And my producer, Mike, I'm not going to give his last name on the on the show. But my producer had asked me because he was coming from Long Island. He said, could you get the equipment bag mm. from the city? Mm. Because I lived in Brooklyn and I said, yes. And I met him at the airport and I didn't know about the extreme searches on your packages. So I had a, a bag full of electronic equipment. Oh my God. And as he is, and as he is getting screened, I shovel the bag and I go here. My thought was, I'm not going to remember to carry this because I don't carry that bag. You know what I'm saying? But I went here, dude. And I slid the slid the bag toward him. And we both got cornered <laughs> for trying to sneak a bag. And again, this is maybe three weeks. No, no, no. It was probably seven weeks after 9-11 because it was the middle of October. Yeah. But also, don't forget. We were all still getting used to the TSA setup, right? You know that was oh, that now. Right. Now you're you wouldn't think to do something like that, but it was no, I just no. He looked no. at me. He's like jackass. What are you doing? I I never forget that. The one other aspect of this film that I wanted to cover on the podcast, and again, I I, I just I recommend people watch it. I, it, it it's clearly emotional for both of us, and. Uh, when I when I heard about the film that you were making it, I had immediately reached out to mutual friends and I said, oh, I'd love to do another uh, episode of the podcast about this. This is something near and dear. And this is what I wanted to release this week with the 20th anniversary uh, of this week. The w- the the one aspect of it is there are dozens. I think I'm saying that correctly of 9-11 20th anniversary films. Right. Every network, every broadcast outlet, every right. every place is making a film. There are a couple that look intriguing, but I don't know how much of this you can take. Right. And as a result of that, I would say the sports one. Watch the baseball one. 
it is the best one to bring back those memories and not literally crush you because you feel inspired of it. The young lady who uh, met Derek Jeter, uh, you, you know, when she was as, a little kid. Yeah, it's Brielle Saracini. And, who, and who we pick up with, you know, all these years later. Uh, who now told her story and then she gets cancer, but then she has, she's okay. And she's had these games and they just have to worry about what team they like. But other than that, it's, it's okay. They just, the, the, you know, the, it's, it's heartwarming and emotional, but it doesn't make you want to go to war. Right. <laughs> it, does, it doesn't make you, you know, and the, 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 the well, I guess just a thought on that, on just the idea that, you knew everyone was going to be making a sports document, a, a, a 9-11 documentary. You guys went down this unique path. And that, that was where you have to credit, you know, Turner and Lenny Daniels and Craig Berry and Jeff Zucker because they they got it immediately. And Sandy, you know, Montag, who started it all, he, he knew that this was a different way to go in to that story. And and I think um you know, I said it before, hope and and perseverance and persistence is are very important aspects of how we live. And I think the other films probably can't project that as much. Um, I'm sure they do some of them. Uh, but I want to see you know, the George Bush one, the one on yeah, Apple Plus. Yeah, it looks interesting, but yeah. You're right with those kids. And and I think um, but I think baseball gave us the opportunity to kind of take us back to the romance and the beauty of the national pastime and and how that helped us get out of the cauldron post 9-11. And that that was really the the one thing that we really wanted to register um, all these years later. And to tell the unique stories of the families of the victims who, you know, who can now look back and know that every day of their life, they had to live with the fact that they lost their loved one, but they were able to still live their life. And the unifying, considering the toxic nature of everything in our society now, where everything is perceived as liberal or conservative, Republican right. or Democrat, everything has a place and there's Rudy Giuliani is in that in the film and he's a hero I, regardless of what uh, your thoughts of him now he is an absolute hero uh, back then and recently there was news about uh, Al Leiter about how Al Leiter is not going to be at MLB Network because of his refusal to get the vaccine and you don't think about those things at all. No. It is unifying. You don't know who's a Democrat and who's a Republican, and you don't care. And especially when the president throws out that first pitch, yeah. regardless of what politics you like, the president doing that went perfectly. Yes. And Ari Fleischer said it best because those of us that were there at game three, the deafening USA chant oh, after he threw the pitch, I had not voted for him, right. but yet I was right there with him. And I, and I recognized that that was a really brave, important moment for the president of the United States to get on that pitcher's mound and throw that first pitch because he was sending an unbelievable message to the American public. You know, I'm not afraid, so don't you be afraid. We will get through this. Bam, he throws a strike. 
walks off the field. And that I'm getting chills even saying it. I love it. And so, and then the USA chance started, and I'll never forget it. Never, ever, ever. And you know, as Ari says in the film, it wasn't Republicans cheering USA, it wasn't Democrats, it was the last time that this country was truly united behind a cause and behind the president and, um, you know, as a whole. And, and that's something that we can also strive for, not through terrorist acts, but, you know, through everyday life. It would be nice to see that happen again. No, there's no, no question about it. Um, anytime I talk to a filmmaker, and I remember the last time we had you on, I asked this question and I knew that you mm-hmm. can't answer half of it. What are you working on that you can tell me? <laughs> uh, a couple of things have been announced. I'm doing a movie for Netflix on the uh, on the 99ers. You know, Mia Hamm, Brandy Chastain, Julie Foudy, and oh, cool, and the 93,000 at the Rose Bowl. So that's a that's, that's a, a fun film. Wow, feature film, and I'm real excited about it. We're getting there with the script, and and I uh, can't wait to get that going for good old Netflix. And I'm also working on the Bob Costa show, my old company, HBO. Uh, we're doing a monthly and show. Bob's been on the show. That, that's 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 fantastic. And you had uh, a, re- a person who's been on this podcast a bunch recently, Jane McManus, on your last oh, yeah. episode. She's oh, yeah. Brilliant. What a talent. Bamani and- Jones is great, too. Bamani Jones and I worked on a company called Spreecast back in the early 2013, 13, 2012. So it's great to see all these yeah. people that I've associated with with Costas, who uh, you know, he's a Syracuse uh, legend, you know, I know that <laughs> we're, we're Cuse guys. So we had to watch it, even if the show sucked. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we're having some fun there and it's a monthly. It'll go, you know, this month, September, then another another in October. I also have a documentary that'll air on ACC Network through ESPN sure. on the UNC women's soccer program. And I'm wow. call, calling it Hidden Dynasty. Because uh, they've won 22 national titles and no and knows, knows it. <laughs> and Anson Dorrance has been there since the beginning. And oh, in many right. ways, he created women's soccer in this country. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's that's an interesting and intriguing docu. Um, so it's been a, it's been a you know busy good, as ever. That's good great. Football, busy as ever. That's fantastic. Well, I truly appreciate you coming back here. Uh, it's a really we- great way to uh, just pay homage to the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Um, I thought with everything going on in sports and the start of the football season and the end of the baseball season and everything with COVID and everything, I just wanted to take a step back and just do a 9-11 episode, but I didn't want to make it morose and you right. were perfect. It was, a, it was a great idea to, uh, to put this film together. The film serves that purpose and I hope the episode did as well. Well, thanks, Seth, for having me. And I hope everyone, you know, goes to HBO Max uh, or 9-11 or beyond. You know, it's going to be sitting there for you and you can choose when you want to see it. Yeah, my 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 guilty pleasure with HBO Max is it's got amazing content, amazing content. But every time I go to watch something, I wind up going down the Sopranos rabbit hole (laughs) and you have to stop me. I, I, I have to disable the Sopranos. I can't, I don't have that kind of time and what'll happen. And a lot of times I'll put something on while you're working, you know, you yeah. do that, you know, yeah, you'll yeah, have yeah, yeah. something on in the background while you're yeah. working. You can't do that with the Sopranos. 
Yeah. And that trailer came out a couple of weeks ago when we did an episode on it. And the idea that I just want to re-see all of that stuff. And I'm yeah. just like, and I can't. Still I can't one of the stop. greatest. So I would say that when the documentary, when when your documentary comes on HBO Max, go check it out. Don't hit the Sopranos. You'll never come back. <laughs> Thank you, Seth. Ross, we'll talk to you soon. Okay, thanks a lot. Again, the documentary comes out. If you're listening to this as uh, this was released, the documentary comes out on Saturday, September 11th, 20 years later. Extra innings from 9-11. It's on HBO Max, and it is remarkable. Our thanks to Ross Greenberg. Don't forget to leave a rating, a review on Sports with Friends, and a new episode comes out each and every Wednesday. We dedicate this episode to all the victims of 9-11, and we will never, ever forget.